Hi, thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Jenny Donnelly, and we are on week 21 of Reign in Rest. And so we're talking about all these different revelations and these different paradigms for us to grab a hold of out of the Word of God so that you and I can live in a place of rest. Now, when I say the word rest, I'm not talking about the act of resting, although I love an afternoon nap, especially on a Sunday, for sure. Um, I love times of watching movies with my family. I love time off. I love vacations. But when I say rest, I'm actually talking about a place, a place of rest where you can feel that you are in complete solitude and peace and you're anchored in Christ no matter what is going on around you. Sometimes we think that we need to sacrifice that peace because we are working on a project, we are working on a deadline, we are stressed, lots of stuff going on. And so sometimes we use what I call false fuel or irritability, or that was my go-to, was irritability. We might use um, being critical. We might grab a hold of anger or maybe isolation when we're stressed. Does that ring a bell to anybody? <laughs> I know there's a lot of people feeling anxious right now. And so what happens is instead of grabbing a hold of Christ in that time and saying, hold on a minute, I am in weakness right now. I am feeling weak. I am feeling drained. I am feeling pressed. I am feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling like I can't get everything done. God, help me. Help me in my weakness. See, right there, right there, we have an opportunity to enter the place of rest when we realize our weakness. But when we don't want to be weak and we don't want to be fragile, we start reaching for things to get us through the stress. And a lot of times that costs us peace in our relationships. It costs us, you know, um, conversations we have with other people, maybe our loved ones, and we're treating them like we don't love them. Okay, been there way too many times. But what I want to talk about today is this idea of us realizing how weak we really are and how that can be to our advantage to find the place of rest. So in the book of Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, I'll take us there in just a minute. I'm going to read to you a passage of scripture that talks about how our weakness is to our advantage. Okay, so I want you to think about the world's message. The world's message is you are strong, you become significant, you compete and be number one. And you know, not all of that is negative, okay? But if that is our paradigm, that we are to be important and significant and be seen, we are going to be very frustrated because just when we think that we're number one at something, somebody else outperforms us, okay? There's always somebody that is gonna do it better and do it greater than us. And so we really need to look at the word of God to say, hold on a minute. Have you called me in my identity to be important and significant and seen? Well, I wanna share with you just a little bit about Saul, who when he was transformed by the power of God, he was named Paul. So if you remember, Saul was this Christian-hating, Christian killer. Like this guy was passionate and he was aggressive and he went after Christians and he killed them and he didn't apologize for it. He did it and he thought he was doing the world a favor by doing so. And when God saw Saul, he said, that's my guy. That's the one that I want on my team. I want to recruit him from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light because I want somebody with that kind of passion. And so here's Saul just going about his business, doing what he thinks is right. And he becomes blinded by the power of God. God reaches out with this power, blinds him. He's blind for a few days. 
and he's transformed and he has an encounter with an almighty God, a supernatural God. What happens is his name is changed. God says, I'm going to make you into a completely different person. And he names Saul, Paul. Okay. He gets a new name. A lot of times God begins us to call us something new. Our old past, maybe the people we grew up with, maybe they called us something. Maybe, you know, my name was Jabberbox. My name was Foghorn. It was all about Jenny's too loud. She talks too much. I wore a lot of that label into my adulthood and that'll catch up with you, especially when God asks you to talk a lot. <laughs> You'll start wrestling with this old nature that's not really who you are. And when God gets a hold of you and you allow him to get a hold of you, he'll call you new things. He'll call you your new identity. And so he's called me his communicator. He's called me his sword that he's put in my hand and he's called me wonderful things. But I want to talk to you about Saul to the name Paul. And this is in the footnotes of Galatians. I thought this was really cool. A friend of mine sent this to me today. The name Paul means little. His name before his conversion was Saul, which means, get this, before he was converted, significant one or sought after. That seems like a better deal. To be known, your name is known as significant or sought after. But after God gets a hold of him, he renames him Paul, which means little. <laughs> Like, wait a minute, I thought when I got encountered by God, I was getting an upgrade. What's going on here? According to the world, this looks like a downgrade. But in the kingdom, things are upside down. They're backwards. The one who was first in line is going to end up last. The one who's last is going to end up first. The one who loses his life is going to actually gain it back. The one who tries to keep his life is going to lose it. See, the kingdom is full of all these upside down ways. And the world says one way and the kingdom says the other. And so here we have a man who's been encountered by God and his identity goes from significant to little. What great transformation takes place when we experience a profound change as Saul did. God transforms us from being important to being small in our own eyes. This is what qualifies God's apostolic servants. So I'm reading a book right now about Catherine Coleman, and I love Catherine Coleman. I love what she did. She was a human being with flaws, just like you and I, but she saw such wonderful miracles that God did for her. She saw thousands of people get saved, and God decided to use this normal, regular woman. I'm reading this book, and she's talking about how she is one of the most regular people on the planet, but because of God, she said, I don't know why he chose to use me to preach. I don't know why he's doing this. I'm a regular person. I have no power of my own. I love how she explained this. She says, I have no power of my own. I am little. I have nothing of my own. It is only the power of God that chooses to work through me. And today I wanted to encourage you that if we can come into the kingdom paradigm, the biblical paradigm, that we are children. And you know what my children are? They are dependent on me. They depend on me for groceries. They depend on me for heat. They depend on me for clothes because they're children. And we are called children in the Bible. You and I are referred to as children. But if we reject this paradigm and we say, I don't want to be little, I want to be all grown up and I want God to kind of get on my train and I want him to do what I'm doing. We are going to experience frustration. We're going to experience irritability, stress, rage, anger, addictions, all those things, because we don't know how to handle the world. The world is way too much for any of us. And when we come into this paradigm that you and I are children and we're dependent and we're little and we're weak, something profound happens. And let's read about it. Second Corinthians 
chapter 12, verse 9. Listen to this. But he answered me, my grace is always more than enough for you. And my power finds its full expression through your weakness. So this is the Holy Spirit talking. Let's, let's go back here. I want to read this again. My grace, this is the Lord speaking. My grace is always more than enough for you. You might feel little, you might feel incompetent. You might feel like your job is way too much. You might feel like your children are way too crazy and you don't have any authority over them. And he says, hold on a minute. My grace is always more than enough for you. And my power, this is God speaking. My power finds its full expression through, through what? Through your bravery, through your courage, through your awesomeness, through your significance. No, it says my power, this is God speaking. My power finds its full expression through your weakness. Hold on a minute. So God's power, wait, God, you're telling me that your power is able to be fully expressed when I'm at my weakest. That's what this says. This is crazy. This is not how the world puts it. The world is like, you better have it together. You better suck it up. You better, you know, you better get some grit. You better go for it. And I love a tough girl. I mean, I really do. Okay. But the toughest of girls are the ones who know that they're children and they're dependent on this almighty God. So I'm going to continue here. So I will celebrate my weaknesses. This is Paul speaking now. So I will celebrate my weaknesses for when I'm weak, I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living in me. So I'm not defeated by, by my weakness, but delighted. So he's going, hold on a minute. Here I am weak. Everything is a little bit too much for me. Uh, things are going in such a way I don't know how to control. My finances, don't know what's going on there. Uh, my health is suffering over here a little bit. What is going on? Not quite sure. Feeling pretty weak. Feeling pretty little, God. But he knew, Paul knew. He said, hold on a minute. God said, if you will admit your weakness, if you will admit that you are a fragile human and I am a supreme God, then because of that weakness and that humility, I am going to fully express my power through you. That is how Catherine Coleman saw many people walk up out of a wheelchair and walk into complete healing. She saw so much healing because she said, listen, I can't do anything, but God's going to do it through me because she understood that she had no power of her own. Isn't that beautiful? So I'm not defeated by my weakness, but delighted for when I feel my weakness and endure mistreatment. So I'm feeling it. I'm enduring mistreatment. I'm feeling my weakness. When I'm surrounded by troubles on every side and face persecution because of my love for Christ, I am made yet stronger. For my weakness becomes a portal to God's power. What? So weakness is actually the key to have the strength that you are wanting the whole time. Whoa, this is amazing. And I thought today we need to put this out on the table because if we're going to enter that place of rest where we just get to like sit in Christ and say, I can't do this day by myself. I can't overcome this addiction by myself. I can't parent these children by myself, Lord. I can't do a good job for my boss. I can't figure out all these projects that I have to do for my church, whatever it is that you're doing, whatever your day looks like. I know it's a lot. It's a lot for me too. But if we approach our day saying, okay, I'm going to conquer everything. We're probably going to be pretty disappointed 
because we're not going to do much apart from God. But when we wake up in the morning, we say, God, I'm sitting here in my weakness. I'm sitting here in my frailty. I don't know why you chose me for all these things. I don't know why you put all these assignments on my life. I feel very grateful you assigned me, but I'm in over my head. Will you help me, God? Can my weakness become a portal for your power? If you pray that prayer tomorrow morning when you get up, I want you to get on your phone right now. I know you're probably watching from your phone, but I want you to set an alarm, a little note in the morning that says, pray the prayer of humble weakness and invite the power of the Holy Spirit to work through the portal of weakness in me. You'll be amazed. God will pull some things through you that you'll go, whoa, I know that was God. I do not know how that all worked out. I don't know how I aced that test. I don't know how that check came through the mail. That wasn't even supposed to happen. I don't know how I actually got those things done. That was miraculous. See, signs and wonders and miracles are going to go through you too. But we have to be like Catherine Coleman. We have to say, without you, God, I have nothing. I have no power of my own. And that's a place of rest. We get to rest. I'm weak. He's strong. Amen. That's how it works. God bless you. We only have, I think, 11 more weeks of rain and rest. And then we will be going to the national conference. And we want you, I want you to put this on your calendar, the national conference coming to Portland, Oregon on July 8th, 9th, and 10th. This is the Her Voice National Gathering. I want you to be there. What I have envisioned is a company of women who are his Debras. And it will be a gathering, a collaboration of Debras. And what happens at this conference, only God knows what he has set up. But I believe that he is equipping the army to send us out into our families, into our workplaces, into our churches, into our communities where signs wonders, and miracles will follow us. Mark it down. Get to Portland. You can see more details at hervoicemovement.com. That's July 8th, 9th, and 10th. All right. We'll see you there and see you next week.